0: This is The Gambling Gauchos.
1: Somebody turn on some damn music! You're listening to The Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay picadors. You see,
2: in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig,
1: you dig, Where? The Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been.
2: Ooh, welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. A uh, tough weekend for Texas Tech, but if we just wanted to talk NFL football, the Vikings and Cowboys are on a collision course to the NFC Championship, and I can't wait.
3: Clearly. Clearly. Now, forget the fact that we both lost to the Eagles, who were undefeated. No, that's fine. Whatever. Somebody will beat them.
2: Yeah. They can't beat them twice. You don't win the NFC in October. They are really starting to talk about uh the Eagles having an undefeated season I just don't see it. That's Though right. Robert Quinn was a great trade. It's ridiculous. We are in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. If you want to gear up for anything that you're doing over the next few months or it's almost Christmas time, holiday season coming up if you have a sports fan in your life and you want to gear them up for Christmas, Cardinals Sports Center, you can go live in person here in Lubbock or shop online at mycardinalsports.com. Kyle, huh? oh, I, we also have a, a new sponsor coming aboard. Um, we will tell you more about them on Wednesday, we'll but we're we'll uh, just very excited to get there.
3: If you're planning to come to Lubbock and you don't have a hotel or an Airbnb yet, hang tight and wait till Wednesday, and we'll have something for you.
2: Yeah, and especially I would say for basketball season. I mean, it's pretty well booked, but we'll. We'll, we'll tell you more on Wednesday. Stay tuned.
3: Also, uh-huh. not sponsor-related, Phase 2 is in effect November 1st. We will get to that at the end of this episode and announce what Phase 2 is. It's
2: going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. All right, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Um, Texas Tech. Did you rewatch it? Are you just going to burn that one and bury it in the backyard? I rewatched the key plays
3: with some parlay picadors. Oh yeah, at like two a.m. last night. Yes, we did.
2: Um, not a lot of great key plays. Yeah, most of them were in Baylor's favor. But follow me here. This is one of those games where you look back and say, "Man, that score was way bigger than the game that was played." But in the same respect, Baylor just flat out kicked your ass.
3: Yeah, I see it both ways. I could, I can see the argument. Well, it was 24-17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's true. You threw five interceptions. But also, when it was 3-3, three to three, I was texting you. I was like, they're kicking our ass.
2: Yeah, you did say that.
3: That's not reflective on the scoreboard yet, but I knew what I was watching, and I was like, this is not going to go well for us unless we flip the script. And, and you, you made some noise in the third quarter. You climbed back into it, but it wasn't enough for – how poorly you played in other stretches throughout the game.
2: Yeah, and and we talked about it before the game, but I don't think we gave Baylor enough credit. We, um, What was your score prediction? I picked
3: Tech by three. Okay. I picked it by a touchdown or more, but ten. I, but I picked Baylor on action.
2: Oh, you did? But what I was going to say was, I don't know that we gave their offensive line enough credit. You know, we talked about Blake Shapin, We talked about the offensive scheme. Uh, we talked about their front seven all returning, but that offensive line flat-out dominated you, and I thought I thought Texas Tech's defensive line has been pretty good this year.
3: I think so, too, and I think even Baylor fans would tell you the light bulb kind of just came on for the offensive line and that they, until maybe the Kansas game when they really started running the ball really well with Richard Reese and right. then into the Texas Tech game, they were like, "Hey, where's this offensive line we've been hearing about?" And it is obviously coming on for
2: them right now. Look, there's Did no you way you being get right games for people. Yeah. It happens a lot to Texas Tech. Yeah. Well, when you're everybody's Super Bowl, it's
3: tough. Hey, we're going to be TCU Super Bowl on Saturday. You are
2: there they're very very excited about that.
3: Look, I mean, there's just no two ways around it. There's
2: two kinds of people.
3: Those with loaded guns and those who dig, and you were digging on Saturday.
2: We We did see some digging on Saturday from Texas Tech. Um, Quarterbacks? Yeah, let's talk quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, Barron Morton is the starter. Barron Morton had, you know, in baseball, sometimes you go out there and the guy who generally throws 95 is sitting at 92 and his breaking balls aren't breaking. And you just kind of have to figure out a way to get around it. That was Baron Morton. For whatever reason, he just did not have his fastball. But I don't think that Zach Kitley gave him enough secondary stuff to work in with the running game early. Um, and you just kind of got behind in that
3: respect. There was also a moment in the first quarter. I think it was the first quarter. Where he was sacked. Yeah. And he was basically simultaneously sacked by three Baylor defenders. Yes. And all five Texas Tech offensive linemen are not engaged with any of those three Baylor defenders. They're kind of just like looking at their quarterback getting sacked. And those are the only three guys they brought. And so I was like, well, we're in trouble. And yeah. the people around me in the stands are like, throw it to who? If they've got eight in coverage and he's yeah. running for his life. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, go frame by frame on the film. And I'm not going to, to see if he missed an open read. But they just have you beat. If they can rush three and sack him, yeah. then there's nobody to throw to.
2: Now, a lot of times, not a lot of times, about half the time, I would say, Barron was getting outside the pocket. The other half, there was no pocket. And the other third, nobody was open. Mm -hmm. And he tried Uh, to force it
3: and paid the price, multiple interceptions. Uh, The one to Sparkman, we could argue, but way before that, there were just some bad decision-making, bad throws. And honestly, going back to his first drive against Oklahoma State, when I Uh was wowed at what, he put on tape there. I tweeted from the Gauchos account, like, this guy is incredible, but he's going to take his lumps. There's going to be some freshman mistakes. This is his first career start. And he, like I alluded to in the West Virginia recap, he got away with a couple throws in the West Virginia game.
2: And a couple fumbles, yeah.
3: And did not get away with those same throws versus Baylor. And so you would like to see some progression in that respect, obviously. And Baylor played a great game. Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to make excuses. you got to tip your hat to them for how well they played. But you saw the freshman mistakes that you would expect to see for a guy making his third career start.
2: I also said before the game um, that maybe there's too much going on. There was a you know a blackout. It was a night game. Patrick Mahomes was in town. They're doing a halftime ceremony, and then throwbacks. I said throwbacks, and then I said, "But Joey McGuire, baby," and. I think they came out a little too juiced. And then, you know when you eat a lot of sugar and you have a, a sugar crash? I think the team was flat in the second quarter because they got too hot early. And it it, it didn't work. And there was no follow-through on that adrenaline. And it just kind of, they pumped their dump uh, in the first quarter and couldn't really recover. thought it was funny, too.
3: And, I mean, this happens anytime there's quarterback controversy and I said this before the season. I just want clarity because I don't want to have yeah. to do this every week. And There's no controversy. Here we are. I mean, yeah, there is. Quarterback is the main topic yeah. every week. But anyway, everyone always just wants to switch out the quarterback with no sense of right. Okay, they're torching you when you're on defense. They can run the ball and get whatever they want. But anyway, somebody was in our Twitter mentions, and I don't have. I have good enough reception for Twitter to load like once every 30 minutes. I don't have good enough to respond. Right. But this guy was like, well, our fan base was clamoring for Baron Morton, and Joey gave him exactly what they wanted. I was like, How's, how quickly yeah. do we forget? Baron Morton's first start was because Shuck was unavailable, Donovan was dinged up.
2: Yeah, he was forced into action.
3: Donovan was available, but they clearly thought he's not 100%, we're better off going with a healthy Morton, and he played really well in that game. He got, he got hurt himself, which right. harmed his play, but... So I'm like, okay, is that really what we think now, that like the mob was coming after Joey and he caved to the mob to play Barron? Because as soon as you put in the other two guys, on their
2: first three pass attempts, two of them were interceptions. There and, was a time when Barron Morton had the only completion to a Texas Tech receiver, and both of the other team, both of the other quarterbacks had completions to the other, other team. And so Barron Morton's performance was not
3: good. This was obviously his worst out of the three starts. Yes. But... After seeing small sample sizes of the other two, are we confident either one would have done any better had they started and played the entire game? Well, and, and no. So, so why are we hammering Morton then? Like, if there's no alternative, then yeah. what's the beef there?
2: Because the the backup quarterback is always the one you want on the field. I just don't Generally, get it. I don't either. When they when they don't either. When
3: the season started and we knew it was going to be shook, right? There was a pretty broad portion of the fan base that was like, "Well, we want one of the younger guys." Right. And some people were split on Morton or Donovan. Shuck is out in the first quarter. Yeah. And then we get a glimpse of Donovan. We get a glimpse of Morton. And now people are like, well, we have Shuck, but the fan base insisted on Morton. I'm like, literally, whoever we put out there, half the fan base just wants somebody else, no matter yeah. who it is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me.
2: It is crazy. Uh, Morton's the guy. Morton's going to start the rest of the games if he's healthy. Um, I, I, I got, it just I, is what it is.
3: I got asked twice after the game. They're like, so what do you think of Baron Morton now? And I was like, I think He's a freshman. I think he's really talented, and I think you just stick with him. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that performance was good, but I'm also – how do you make a change at this point and go away from the guy that's clearly the future at that position?
2: It also – it wasn't bad. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. He had three interceptions. Again, one of them we could argue was an interception or not, and that was a pretty brutal one because you would have tied – I think cut it to within seven. Cut it back to within seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, the defense played decent until they didn't.
3: Well, the, the, they were gassed by the end of it. Yeah, They, they held they, their own throughout most of the first half and and into the third quarter.
2: If the other team can run it 59 times, eventually the dam will break.
3: Yeah. And, and Morton still had – now, they were too few and, and far between, but he still had plays that make you go, okay – like he had one where a really slow developing play to cup, kind of like a really long drag route, hit him in stride. Same with Jaron yeah. Bradley threw a dart like right as Jaron Bradley hooked behind a defender downfield. He had that third and twelve run where he got fourteen and put the Early. athleticism on display. And so I'm the, like the
2: fourth and seven touchdown run.
3: Yeah, and so so there's plays like that. Where I'm like okay, the potential is clearly there. You just have to. You obviously can't throw three interceptions. And I think he right. started what eight for eight for twenty four
2: or four for fourteen. I think I saw at one point.
3: When they showed that on the I I don't know if it was eight for twenty four, eight for twenty six, I was like, is that is that yeah. correct?
2: Did they misprint eighteen there? Yeah. Eighteen of twenty six. Like, are we really completing a third of our passes right now? Uh this off the chat here, are you saying that Morton is regressing? Um no, but I do think that's the best defense you've played. I think that I think that Baylor defense is better than the Oklahoma State defense.
3: Yeah, the Baylor defense
2: the, the game plan. The game
3: plan was better. The Baylor defense was the toughest he's faced. There's also kind of – this happens a lot with MLB prospects. As soon as they yeah. get called up, they hit like four dingers in their first month. Yeah, in the and you get a little tape on them. Yeah, and then they go into a slump, and they bat 180 for a month, and then they get it figured out. So that's kind of the natural progression. You burst onto the scene. They get some of your tendencies, or they just whip your ass on the defensive line all night, and that makes life pretty hard for you. But he'll get it figured out. He's Look – Nobody disputes that the talent yeah. is there,
2: and it's, so it says not every defense can be the best. The best defense you've played, I mean, the, that the latest defense was the best defense you've played. That's like uh, when people say that's the funniest joke I've ever heard. Well, when you say that a hundred times, yeah, but each joke was funny. Is somebody
3: accusing us of making that claim every week? Uh, yes. Did we say that against West Virginia? No. Did we say that against Oklahoma State?
2: Oh, it was the only defense he'd ever played.
3: Well, for Morton specifically, right. but not the team, <laughs> right? Well, we said that they were a top-ten team on the road, and, and they were. Right.
2: No, but I, I think that uh, – did they watch West Virginia 2015 tape? Because that's what it looked like. It looked like Tony Gibson. It looked like the early cloud three. Uh, they were getting home with three, bringing a, a fourth delayed blitzer sometimes. Let's and do it this way. covering the back end.
3: Let's do it this way. They NC had the perfect State, game plan. NC State or Baylor, who has a better defense? Because it's one of those two, right? That is the best defense you've played played to this point.
2: I think think Baylor came in with the best plan.
3: Yeah, I think NC State probably seemed more self-inflicted. Yeah. And I'm not talking about garbage time at the end, like the Shuck pick six. I'm talking about when the game was semi in the balance. Right. Because the NC State one, it was kind of like, again, the fourth and one pick six.
2: Why don't we just run the ball here? Well, I think... I mean, I think Kansas State is the best defense you've played all year. And and you okay yeah, and you you straight up good second
3: half against him. Yeah, bad first half.
2: Incredible second quarter.
3: Baylor, of course, you had the advantage of playing at home. Like K State was in Manhattan, NC State was in Raleigh.
2: But but Baylor had the best defensive performance against you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. clearly, Clearly, sure you can say some of that's offensive, and and you can put that on Baron Morton if you want to. Uh, I think a lot of it rides on Zach Kittley, and I think he would say the same. Uh, Stephen Hamby must be just ripping his hair out every night in and, and sackcloth and rubbing ashes all over his face because he is in hell right now. Um, he wants the offensive line to be better, but it's not like you just have a bunch of guys in the wings you can just shove in there and be good. Yeah, it was funny. Like they're playing their best five. After the game, our, our
3: buddy who's a... College scout DMs us. He was like, "Hey, Double Eagle needs to get an NIL deal and start buying some offensive linemen." Yeah, they and I was do like, that. "They're trying. <laughs> like, we already have that in place." <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in that respect, it's still going to take some time. You don't, you can't fix an entire five-man position group overnight. They tried. They brought in so many transfers. They're playing with what they have.
2: Yeah, tough that Cole Spitzer couldn't play this year,
3: and it it wasn't good enough against Houston. It wasn't good enough. Against well, NC State, against Baylor, against NC State,
2: yeah. Uh, for a lot of the time against Kansas State, it wasn't good enough.
3: And that's where I go back to like it's a defensive Donovan, it's a defensive Morton. No quarterback is going to look that good running for their life. And we can argue right. which quarterback is better at evading the pressure, but if you're pressured on forty percent of your dropbacks, it's not going to be pretty, no matter who's back there.
2: And i I thought I thought Baron Morton was skittish and quick to leave the pocket, um, but when you when you get that early, it just Speeds up your clock. He needs to do
3: a better job moving up. Certainly, but that's how Shapin killed you on some yeah. of those third down runs. He wasn't getting a ton of yards, but when you go backwards and out, their defensive ends and outside backs are so fast they're going to hunt you right. down. It's like you need to just step up and take what you can get.
2: Um, Blake Shapen played like he played in the Big Twelve Championship. Finally, I mean that was the Blake Shapin everyone was scared of. That's why they named him the starter. Multiple
3: passes where I was like, "There's no way he caught that right," and they yeah. showed the replay, and the ball is placed perfectly on the sideline. The receiver makes a great catch. I was like, "Okay, you, again, uh, you just have to tip your hat." They won that play.
2: The one going north on the east side, yeah, that was incredible. And then it the was. touchdown was an absolute dot. Yeah. Um, he that did other he make ones that the tight end that long drag route? Yeah. Did so. he make a ton of plays? No. Did he win the game? Yeah, he did.
3: And he, he Him and Richard Reese. He was so frustrating running the ball, too, because, again, he didn't finish with the 100 yards rushing or anything like that. But it was like any third and eight, he gets enough,
2: or it seemed that way, watching it live at least. Uh, this off the chat line here, that pick in the end zone was a total momentum killer, terrible call by the officials. And when it went to review, I said, well, they called it that way. They're going to leave it that way. Yeah. Uh, it did look like simultaneous possession and. In my understanding of the rules, simultaneous possession goes to the offense. Like, tie goes to the runner. They obviously thought that the defense came down with the ball. And it is what it is. I don't think that lost the game, but it certainly did change the tenor of the comeback.
3: Yeah, I think it probably doesn't get as out of hand, obviously, if you score there.
2: But I think Baylor still wins by at least a touchdown. They,
3: They get the ball back up 7 yeah. and then they just run it on you again and eat clock right. and score so I mean I don't think it really changed
2: the outcome of the game. Uh this what makes no sense to me is both offenses averaged within 0.8 yards of, uh, per play of each other yet they look so differently.
3: Couple things on that if I may. Uh uh-huh. Taj gassed them for 45 on the last play of the half on a pretty meaningless play. Right. And then you also got you're not able to sustain like you did nothing, 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 and then you almost fumble the snap. Morton finds Xavier White for thirty yards, and so that makes your average look okay. But like you're not running good offense. There. Well, they
2: ran it for they ran it fifty nine times for three point, three point nine yards a carry. Baylor, yeah. Let me look. I'll pull up the box score real quick. So I mean, it was it was death by paper cuts. Yeah, it, it, Baylor wasn't Baylor wasn't dominating per se, you just couldn't stop them, which is even more frustrating. I mean, it's like they killed you with a bunch of thumbtacks, and it worked. And that's what that's what Joey wants to do to people. You said that in Gaucho's After Dark. Um, they came in, mass kicked ass, uh, speed was everything. They took and five. They to- and they took three.
3: Well, they took five, yeah. They took three, then they took four, then they took five.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I said that. They sacked you six times. West Virginia,
3: just to reiterate what I said on Gauchos After Dark, was a culture win. Fifty Burger Take Three win at the Jones, it was all that a good brand stuff. brand win. Yeah, this was a brand loss. Yes, you got killed at what is supposed to be your own game, or at least what they're trying to do in theory. So that 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 stings.
2: Did you how uh, how early did you get to the game? Did you watch any of the pregame?
3: I got there about 20 minutes, out. 15 or 20 minutes before kickoff.
2: Okay, so you saw... In my seat. You saw the final uh, run-through that Tech does, where they line up in, in the the hallway kind of thing, and they punt, and then everybody meets in the middle? I didn't see that. Okay, they do it every week. Do you know who also does that, that I've seen for the first time? Baylor. Baylor. Did Did Joey take everything... <laughs> Everything that Texas Tech does right now is just from Baylor, right? Probably mostly. And I'm sure he instituted a lot of it. Yeah, I think With he him did. and Rule. And it could be back. It could just be Cedar Hill stuff that, that I'm not overly familiar with. But Take 3 was a Baylor thing. It just fits better here because it's, you know, TTU, Take 3 University. Uh, the mass kicks ass. The, the Blanchard and Nance. You know, recruiting strategy, the 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 brain trust—it's all what Baylor does. So, theoretically, right, you're just three years behind or five years behind, however you want to look at it, uh, of Baylor.
3: I'd mostly agree. I think what Zach Kelly's trying to do on offense is clearly not at all what Jeff Grimes is trying to do on offense. But that's more schematic than like culture, program, sure, type stuff. Brand, yeah.
2: I mean, they ran it 59 times. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen the game if Tech also did that.
3: Yeah, it was working okay for a while there, but how much of that was... Your two
2: touchdown drives were because you gashed them on the ground a couple of times.
3: How much of that was Baylor playing conservative and just putting nobody in the box? I I don't know. But yeah, you did find both your lead backs averaged more than six yards per carry. And like I said, Todges is probably a little bit inflated from that last run before halftime, but...
0: Oh, well.
2: Uh, The rest of the Big 12, Kansas State, that was probably the most surprising game. I was surprised at the Texas Tech result. One more thing. Uh, But I was more surprised with Kansas State. While we're licking our
3: wounds, we tweeted a clip from a Baylor podcast where the guy was like, yeah, like Lubbock, I know it's a night game, but atmosphere to me is not as intimidating as Morgantown at 75% capacity or Ames at 11 a.m. Baylor completely took the crowd out of the game in the first half. When you have no offensive explosive plays, Yeah. Now people got up for like third downs, fourth downs, and you stopped. It was them.
2: it was much better uh, last night than it than it had been.
3: And their player after the game, did you see this quote? Called Texas Tech fake fans for leaving early while the game was still in the balance. And I'm like, I I guess say what you want because yeah. yeah, the stadium wasn't full when it was a one or two possession game in the fourth quarter. So I guess crap all over our atmosphere and our fans. Like until we're until we prove better.
2: Right. Well, the truth hurts a little bit, huh?
3: Yeah, and I'm not trying to like fan shame. Like do whatever you want with your own time and money. I left a little bit early. I'll admit to that because I'm not making an well, no excuse, but like got a babysitter at home and yeah. it's like why would I why would I sit here and watch the end of this when I could get home 30 minutes earlier? Um but yeah, like I'll say this, harsh truth maybe. We we are very um proud of our fan base as we should be. We have a great fan base. Yeah. But sometimes that needs to spill over from social media to the real world.
2: We're and very I, good on Twitter.
3: I love the cactus emoji and blacking out your profile pictures and all this stuff. But like, also buy season tickets and yell and stay in your seat if you want to be considered an elite fan base. But also, do what you want to do with your own time and money. If you don't want to buy a season ticket, if you don't want to sit out in the cold, don't. But don't also refuse to do that and then say that we're an elite fan base. Because the truth... Is until we get back to that level, until that stadium is full and loud for sixty minutes, Baylor players and fans are going to have the same perception, which we can all be offended at, right? But if it's true, like I mean, I, w- w- what can you say? It is true. And I, I was expecting now, a better atmosphere, right? which is why I tweeted that clip of there. I was like, "Hey, let's prove them wrong," and and we didn't.
2: Yeah. Uh, but the West Virginia, you know, crowd never really got going. I thought the, I thought the Baylor crowd was was really good early, but again, seventeen to three at halftime, and a backbreaker. Again, the pi in the end zone to put them at the two, uh, but they were probably going to score anyways. It's just how it was going.
3: Yeah, I just I think Tech fans are tough. Gonna have to get over this mindset of like, well, let's show out for Texas and OU when they come to town. Because they're not ever coming to town again. Right. If you want a strong home field advantage in the new Big 12, you're going to have to get up for Cincinnati and Iowa State. West Virginia. And Baylor when they come to town. Yeah. And if we can't do it, then we're not an elite fan base.
2: Well, and the the gripe has been don't come to see everyone else. Come to see Texas Tech. Yes. Like when it's Murray State. Yes. When it's Stephen F. Austin. When it's ACU coming to town. I love watching Tech
3: beat West Virginia 48-10. to 10. Yeah, it was awesome. I don't know why two-thirds of the stadium thought they had something better to do. Because you don't get many of these. You haven't seen a lot of Big 12 home wins against teams not named Kansas over the years. When you get seven a year. Why are you not cherishing this? So You're going to miss this. I'm just going to keep tipping my hat to Baylor over and over. They were right on that as well. Yeah. I will say, though, brilliant troll on my part to get a pretty large segment of Baylor Twitter to earnestly pound their chest after the game about winning one time in Lubbock in 32 years. They were actually proud of that. Look, they won. They kicked your ass. You know what's going to happen? Just kind of a funny line of thinking.
2: You know what's going to happen next year?
3: Baylor's only won once in Lubbock in 33 years.
2: No, it's going to be... That's two years. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't know how exactly the schedule is going to fall out, but it's going to be... Because we already saw Joe Goodman tweet it that Texas Tech hasn't won in Waco in 15 years. Yeah. So they're going to be doing that all year.
3: Then you just... You ruin the joke and say, well, you played in Arlington or, yeah. or Dallas for 10 yeah. years.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, uh, that was funny. So I said that back to them, like uh, playing into oh, the yeah. joke. Yeah. And some guy goes, that's the joke, moron. And I was like, do you know who you're talking yeah. to? Like, I was <laughs> I the guy the who joke. told that joke 50 <laughs> times on Twitter this week. <laughs> I am the joke. Speaking of New Big 12, are we ready to pivot to the ESPN and Fox deal?
2: Yes, I was, I was trying to. But before we do. Exactly.
3: Another great deal, uh-huh. anytime you can find it, is Rojino Barbecue. Uh, they were out at the Jones. Hopefully, some folks got to swing by their tailgate. I think they're at the Coca Cola tailgate, yep. serving up brisket, ribs, burgers, nachos. They had, uh,
2: yeah, they the brisket nachos, the pulled pork nach- nachos, and the burgers.
3: So, um, and I know some of the Parlay Picadors who came into town for the first time in a while drove out to the location in Olton. Yeah, got to experience the full deal there. So. Give them a follow at Rehino BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. They are just lighting the world on fire in terms of West Texas barbecue. It's delicious. All of our listeners, I love this feedback. When they finally get a chance to try Rahino, they always DM us or text us like, as advertised, guys. This yeah. stuff is delicious. So It really is that good. It is. If you're in Lubbock for a game or if you live out in West Texas, make time to go find them. Great local business,
2: great barbecue. So with the new, uh, okay, explain this to me like I'm five. Um, it's an extension, but not it, the extension doesn't start in 25. It starts now, right? So, because I never saw, is it through 31? I, th- I think it's,
3: I think it's after that. When does the new Big Ten deal expire? Because you're, so after, you're th- after a year after that. But before the ACC in 2036.
2: Right. So that'd be 31. The
3: new Big Ten deal is only through 2030.
2: Well, but because I did see that, that it was a year before the ACC and a year after. But if it's a six year extension, that would be from 25 to. I guess 32 at the earliest.
3: I guess my answer is I don't know. Yeah. But I do think, it. from what I've read, it times up well because you'll get to go to market again before the ACC. While they're still stuck at 36 million or whatever, you're going to be And that's total. Yeah. You're going to be at 50 to 55, I
2: think most people are thinking, all in. And if the 12-team playoff is double the money, you might be at 60. Or if they rework it on NCAA tournament stuff. Right. All that
3: to say, the price... It's like a bidding war for live sports. It always goes up. So the fact that you get to go back to market after this deal before the ACC, I think is in a, you'll be in a great position. We don't know what the PAC's new deal is, so you don't know how it'll time up versus that. But I feel good about going right after the Big Ten because you're not going to beat them, compete with them anyway, but before the ACC.
2: And I think a lot of people confuse total money and TV money. Do you TV? want to know why
3: they do that? Because, because media, media hacks intentionally yeah. will report one versus the other depending on what they want their narrative to be. Yeah. So is out there saying that the Big 12 is getting $31.6 million right? and that it's 40% of the Big 10's new deal. right? But that's 40% of the Big 10's total. He knows that 31.6 is not the real number. That's Tier 1 and Tier 2. Yeah. And everybody else is reporting it's going to be 50, maybe up to 55, like by the end of it. Which I think exceeds most people's realistic expectations.
2: It's a it's a raise. You you your TV money in the deal with Texas and Oklahoma. The last deal you got was twenty eight per. And I will keep repeating this until I'm blown in the face. But Bob Bolsby said that that would be cut in half, and that you're dead, dead in the water because Texas and Oklahoma left. Your mark comes in, and gets a a raise.
3: I think he played it brilliantly too because the other. Other angle of this is that you did not leave the exclusive negotiating window with ESPN and Fox. So I think your mark probably made a really good deal and said, hey, guys, don't make us go to market and talk to Amazon, Apple, NBC, Peacock, whatever. Right. Just give us a good deal that is maybe a little bit higher than market value and let's lock it in. And he probably sold ESPN and Fox on that. So now the Pac-12 propagandists are saying, well, the Big 12 didn't even go to open market, whereas the Pac-12 has you know multiple options. The only reason the PAC-12 left the exclusive exclusive negotiating window with ESPN and Fox is because ESPN and Fox didn't want to give them any money. So now they have to go to a streaming deal with Amazon or Apple. Like, this is not a, an apples-to-apples apples comparison here on why right. one conference didn't leave the exclusive window and one did. Basically, what their criticism is on that front is that you took a pretty girl to homecoming and you're taking the same pretty girl to prom, they don't have a date for either, but they're still on the open market looking for another date. And it's like, well, we're already, we have a pretty date to the prom. You guys don't have anything. And you're trying to sell me on like, oh, well, there's plenty of fish in the sea. I can go with any girl
2: I want. When everybody knows that's not true. If Amazon comes out tomorrow, and by the way, they're tanking right now.
3: Stock down 18% in one day last week.
2: If Amazon comes to the table and says, we'll pay you $32 million per school, Pac-12, for Tier 1, Tier 2 rights, which is just above the Big 12 value, if you're Arizona, would you look at that and say, we're never going to be on ESPN. We're never going to be on national television. We're going to be on a streaming service. Is that juice worth the squeeze? Or do we want to go be on ESPN and play in the best basketball conference in the world?
3: Yeah, ESPN and Fox. And I think I saw something that Fox is going to feature more prominently in the basketball deal with the new Big 12. Awesome. Yeah, because a lot of your conference games, good quality matchups are on ESPN+, yes. Plus, which doesn't get as much exposure as FS1 or Fox. So I hope that's true. But yeah, you have to wonder... Why would and and I know they're prideful and they're in denial, but why would you not jump right now to take the certain fifty to fifty-five million, ESPN and Fox, because there are there is a clause of this deal. Pro rata, this has been reported that it it it's prorated for future expansion. So if you add four more teams, they'll get the same amount as everybody else. They'll you know expand the total pie for everybody. Right. And and they also sorry to interrupt you, it's a short-term deal. Right? Six years. Then you get to go back to market. Right. They know Oregon and Washington have one foot out the door. Unless they're just totally delusional and Arizona State and Colorado think they're going to the Big Ten. Look, re-sign with the Pac-12 for another five years. You're just delaying the inevitable. You'll be here eventually once Oregon and Washington leave. So why not just do it now and take the probably greater paycheck and the greater exposure because they have no leverage now. No, zero. Amazon has no reason to exceed the price the Big 12 just got. They can play hardball, just up whatever ESPN and Fox left on the table during the Pac-12's exclusive negotiating window, say, we'll up it by 5%, take it or leave it.
2: Well, in Canzano this entire time was, and Wilner, it's important to be first. Yeah. It, we cannot overestimate how important it is to be first. We they have
3: went, to be first. They went first, didn't get a deal done, and now you're first.
2: And, and, but it's not that big a deal now.
3: No, now, now it's we were first to the finish line, right. but not, <laughs> you know.
2: But now you get to see what, what you need to get. So now you can really They have no leverage now. No, No,
3: zero. They they were actually right that at one point they did have leverage had they gone first. But now every single bidder knows it's take it or leave it mode. They can either take the crappy offer from ESPN and Fox that they left on the table, or they can take probably an equally crappy plus 5% offer from Amazon to do the same thing. This was the the biggest look. A lot of coping tweets from those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see the one from Wilner about how it's a recruiting advantage for seventeen year olds?
2: Yes, to be on Apple. Yes, because they can reach the students because they can watch on their phones. You know, like, do, w- can, you can watch ESPN on your phone.
3: Yes, like w- welcome to twenty fifteen. Hulu John has Wilner.
2: live sports, John Wilner. And also, like, do do recruits not
3: have TVs in their houses?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
3: It, it's insane. Yeah. The amount of obfuscation. It's like, well, actually, this is like it's become a meme. Amazon stock goes down 18% in one day. And I tweeted why this is bad news for the Big 12 and actually good for
2: the Pac 12. But they do that every time there's yes, news. Yes, every time. And today he was in a, Kanzano uh, was in a Twitter fight, quote tweet war with a Kansas State writer, I believe, Derek yeah, Young. Derek Young. And he's like, hey man, I'm not a cheerleader. I don't have pom poms. This is my job. To cover this stuff, it's like Canzano, what are you talking about <laughs> you're you're're you're an obvious cheerleader. Pull your pom poms out of you know where and figure it out because you 've been wrong and the the whole new thing with uh Ma- Mandel 's really been leading this one it's the well man, they just didn't want to work together. This is so stupid. you could have. You could have taken the top six Big 12 teams and folded them in and merged last year, but instead you forced the Big 12 to get BYU and the top three schools from the AAC, and you missed out. Yeah. They looked down their nose at
3: the Big 12. They bought whatever USC and UCLA were selling, and then they pulled the rug out from under them just like Texas Know You did. And I do have sympathy for, like, Oregon State. I have no ill will toward that program. I hate that what is probably coming to them, whether it's oh, now be great in the West. or in five years, but it's like, yeah, we could have unified and survived together as a power five, but y'all didn't want to because you're West coast elitists. And why would Stanford and Cal be in the same conference as Iowa state? Well, yeah. I guess enjoy whatever is going to happen next. And what's crazy is
2: I, I still think there's value to add a lot of the PAC 12 schools. Um, to the Big 12, but there is absolutely zero opportunity now for them to hold any kind of cards, here's right? A, here's it's, it's all pro Big 12 right now.
3: They can join now and get what UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati are getting, which is a, a full share. Right. If they do this because they're in denial or they can't see past their pride, they're going to get a 25% share whenever it's inevitable that they have to join. When it's right. us or the Mountain West— yeah. Okay, welcome in. You get 12 million while we get 50. When you could have had 53 years ago had you just joined when everybody saw the writing on the wall except for you and John Wilner. Yeah.
2: And it's also, if you're just looking at it specifically in, you know, playoff terms, because it's not just TV money, it's a total payout playoff money, NCAA tournament money, baseball money, whatever it is. Um, I also think your mark with being national is going to look at uh, Oregon or some of these other schools, and if they don't bring specific money in for eyeballs or whatever else, they might bring Nike money.
3: Yeah, I still think you're They might
2: bring beef jerky money because Old Trapper's the the national sponsor right now. That's right. You can find some Silicon Valley money because that's where the Big 12 is going to double their money.
3: If we get to 16 teams... And you do a plus one, like a, a conference championship semifinal? Yeah. Th- that'll get good TV ratings. And your mark is, I think this is the first down. I still think he has ideas like that. Yes. Just like he did with NASCAR and the Nets and Rock Nation. Like, y- you need a TV deal, but I think he's going to do some creative stuff, hopefully, that's innovative. And do you remember UCF this summer, they announced a 13-year multimedia rights deal with Playfly Sports? It's $125 million or about eleven million per year. Uh-huh. And they I think it's their AD, maybe their president, saying, I think it'll actually go up to like 140 million, maybe even more, once we're in the big twelve. So again, this number is just your tier one and tier two TV. We'll see what tier three is. But there are other ways to make money. Yes. In college athletics. And, and, and we might just be scratching the surface.
2: And Bowlesby was a, a college athlete, student of the game rigorous, student-athlete-first kind of commissioner, your mark does not give an F about any of that. We're not here to play school. We're here to make money. This is
3: a business. Do you remember when he was hired, and I read a fake quote from the press release on the podcast about student-athletes and academic excellence, and I said, oh, wait, no, that wasn't in the press release. No. Here's what it actually says. The changing landscape, the business of college athletics, being at the forefront, being innovative. NIL. Yes. Yeah. That is where we're going now. Like the Bob Bolsby days are over with.
2: And it's a beautiful sight to pull. It on. is.
3: So I'm excited. I think 50 if it is 50 to 55 like has been estimated once you're all in. I think that's great. I thought the 60 million was always kind of a little bit ambitious. A lot of smart people thought 45 million was a good yeah. reasonable number. If you're 10% over that, I'm I'm happy.
2: I think by the end of this deal you'll be at 60. Because I think there's other things in play. Um, and look, thirty million dollars per team behind the Big Ten is not bad. And that's the other thing. In the, the re, in the in the reality of it, because you could be having twenty five a year.
3: Well, I think theirs starts at seventy and people are projecting that by the end of it, yes, in a decade it'll go up to a hundred million per school per year. Right. And yeah, hundred million versus fifty is a big gap. But if you're starting at fifty 55? to fifty five versus seventy, yeah. You're at a disadvantage, but not an insurmountable one and yeah. that's the other
2: also money doesn't equal wins as Vanderbilt right Ask Nebraska
3: that's the other like red herring that Mandel he goes look they're still behind the Big Ten and SEC no
2: shit nobody ever
3: said the Big 12 is gonna negotiate a deal that's on par with the Big Ten and SEC nobody thought that and he knows no. that he's not stupid yes he is it's just spin it's pure spin
2: which I don't understand because he doesn't have anything to do with the Pac-12 he's a West Coast elitist well doesn't he live in
3: California uh, probably so he probably went to Cal or something. I mean, who knows? Or cares. I mean, the guy's a moron.
2: Yeah, I don't care. Do you want to uh, go through some lines?
3: Yeah, let's do opening lines in Discord mailbag, sponsored by our friends over at Diversified Lenders. Turn your accounts receivable into cash to keep your business operating. DiversifiedLenders.com to learn more about the services they offer. Good local business, Red Raider owned and operated. Give them a shout and thank you to Diversified Lenders for your support of the Gambling gauchos podcast
2: getting a blank screen on my action app i got you buddy okay
3: <laughs> unless is i get the, the same maybe the app is so, just yeah down. maybe the
2: app is down oh we can pull oh, up somewhere mine. else okay All right. okay well, it's just my phone
3: week 10 in the big 12 we'll start with big noon kickoff heck yeah in Fort worth yeah Fort worth if you know you
2: know i hope the whole backdrop is red that'd be cool
3: hey red raider fans in dfw wear red even if you can't get a ticket Yes. Show up and be behind the big noon kickoff stage and wear red. Yeah. And be obnoxious. Have a sign. And if you can't go to the game, wear red. Don't wear black because it won't stand out as much. Right. Want to see a sea of red. Yeah, wear red. And I don't know how successful the takeover will be. Maybe Donati really nipped that in the bud and you're not going to have a good showing there. Yeah. But if there is, it'll stand out. if If you're wearing red, it won't if you're wearing black. Anyway, that game, I saw it at circa nine and a half. Action consensus listed at ten and a half. So let's call it 10. You might get a half point one way or another at a different book. With the hook there, 10 and a half, I'm tempted to take Tech, as down as some people are after the Baylor performance. I laid laid it already. This was a touchdown all all season. Yeah. Until you just got slaughtered, and they won by double digits on the road in Morgantown.
2: Double digits. Okay, bad
3: beat. I mean, you don't have to tell me. Sure. I had the ears, man. But – had this game been played any weekend leading up to this one, it would have been a touchdown, yeah. gi- give or take half a yes. point, I think. Now it's 10.5. To me, that kind of looks like free points because the teams are the same. It's just kind of a recency bias type thing, in my opinion.
2: I, I'm leaning 10.5. I, I am excited to see – because you've not really had a bad loss yet. I guess NC State was a bad loss. What would you do after that? What would you do after the NC State game? Beat Texas. So I I'm interested to see because Oklahoma State wasn't a bad loss. Kansas State I don't think was a bad loss. Certainly some some issues there. This Baylor game was a bad loss. And I'm interested to see if if Joey, what kind of what kind of how big a boy Joey is. Hey, if the brand if the culture is real, yeah, you're
3: not going to lose this game by no. eleven or more. No, you're gonna I'm not saying you're going to win face, but it'll be back to that really competitive. Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State-style game where you would think this is less than 10 points. Baylor and Oklahoma. Baylor goes to norman Oklahoma favored by 3. I think that's pretty close to what we forecasted on Gauchos After Dark.
2: Yeah, we said maybe a pick but minus 2 probably.
3: I thought the Sooners would get respect at home. Makes sense. I don't have a good feel for that one yet. I might wait and see how it moves or kind of do some analysis. I think that's a really fair opening line. That probably a smart opening line for the books. I think that'll get a lot of action on both sides. Yeah, kind of surprising one, which I'm tipping my hand on which way I'm leaning. Oklahoma State in Lawrence. Now they're coming off a bad loss, forty-eight nothing, right to Kansas State. Only giving four to the Jayhawks, who I think are still without Jalen Daniels. We at least have not heard otherwise.
2: Yeah, four
3: seems small. No,
2: yes, it's very small. I mean, that's a touchdown game at least.
3: The total is 69 and a half, so they're thinking shootout.
2: Did, did Oklahoma State just pack it up? They had their defensive linemen quit. And then I don't know. And then you get beat 48 to nothing. Maybe they have packed it up, but man, I, I think Oklahoma State's still a better team than Kansas. It's just crazy that we're even saying that sentence here late in the year. Yeah. it's one of
3: those that's hard to hard to separate what you see on paper where Oklahoma State is clearly the better team versus things like that, the momentum. Is, is there a rotten culture in the locker room that's hard to quantify? A little bit surprised at this next one, too. West Virginia goes two Ames. Cyclones are winless in Big 12 play, yet they're laying six and a half. Now, I get that it's a home game. I don't think they're good enough to lay six and a half versus anybody in the Big 12 right now. Maybe I'm wrong. No. That seems steep, especially in a low-scoring game where the total's 51. Where's this one? Ames. yeah. And and, and I, I'm sure that's a big part of it. But I think on Gouch's After Dark, I said three or four.
2: West Virginia looked really bad against Texas Tech. They looked pretty dadgum good against TCU in spots. Um, and that Iowa State defense didn't look quite as strong against Oklahoma, uh, at least in that in the stretch. Um, that's, that's a really interesting game. I, I would probably lean West Virginia there. I think you are too.
3: I think so too, yeah. I was surprised that this one it opened as a pick'em at circa. Now I'm showing Texas favored by one and a half in Manhattan. I thought they were going to have to lay three or four, even though it's on the road. Thought the analytics would have them favored by. Yeah, you did like say that. that yesterday. So I'm actually hopping on that before it moves too much. I, I would like to lock in Texas early, and maybe that sounds like a really stupid play because Kansas State just yeah dog stomped uh, Oklahoma State. Texas coming off a bye. Texas lost to Oklahoma State a week ago. Yeah. I get why a lot of people would probably pound the Wildcats here, but I think Texas is probably the more talented team, the better we team. I keep saying that. I is do it, keep saying that. Is it Will it. Howard? No, we. I mean, we both are. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going with the numbers there. Obviously, yeah. you're a numbers guy. In my heart, we love EMA. I'm pulling for the Wildcats, no doubt. But I gotta go. I guess go with the numbers with as big of an advantage as Texas yeah. should have in this game.
2: You're you're gonna lock that one in early. I would wait till probably Saturday and see if I could get, uh, you know, Kansas State plus more than a field goal. I might try to catch that. All right, Discord mailbag. Uh, let me see where I can go to the start.
3: This is how do people something here submit on the Discord mailbag or stream our episodes and. Text in questions as we go, like you read off earlier.
2: Yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Sign up on Patreon. Get in the Discord. Um, All you have to do is sign up, pay the small fee, get access to lots of interviews. We're going to try to have a TCU interview for you this week. Uh, Former TCU athlete.
3: Not LaDainian Tomlinson. Not LaDainian
2: Tomlinson. Uh, But there's also, you know, uh, Dustin Womble, Sonny Cumbie. Matt
3: Mooney was a fun one. Matt Mooney,
2: Norrence Odiasse, a lot of guys on there. So you can go listen to the back uh, catalog if you wish. All right, let's uh, get into it. Uh, With Shuck coming into the game late, do you think that was more of not wanting to get Baron Hurt or trying to get Shuck some live reps?
3: I think maybe a little bit of both. I think they probably presumed the game was 95% certain to be out of hand, and if they did want to play Shuck in meaningful games later this year, it'd be better to ease him in, get him a couple drives. Obviously, it didn't go well at all. He throws a pick six on his first attempt, goes back in. I think he got rocked when he was trying to slide or something like that. I missed it because I was on the bus going back to the right parking lot. So that did not go well. It didn't sound like. No. And that's where I, like, let's cut the three quarterback experiment. Say that Barron Morton is your starting quarterback. Right. That you might use Donovan in some short yardage packages, but the other guys are backups if Barron gets hurt.
2: Well, even when Barron was quick to leave the pocket early, you at least saw him keep his head downfield and get the ball away. Chuck just laid down out of the pressure. And coming in cold, late, has to be tough. Yeah, has to be tough.
3: Well, it's the same with Donovan. They they put Absolutely. him in twice for the short yardage runs, and then keep him in for a long throw, which were converted. in two pass plays, downfield right. throws like that. That is tough when you're not in a rhythm.
2: He did throw a dime though that was dropped. Yeah, by Fungi. Fungi. Um, season win total now at six or seven for Texas Tech. If I gave you five and a half. Would you still take the over? I think so. Yeah. Between two home games a winnable
3: road game in Ames, and then maybe a game where you're really juiced up for an upset, bounce-back game, I I guess I feel okay about getting to two more wins.
2: When will Big 12 Rest be held accountable?
3: They won't be. Never. Unless Brett Yormark is even better than we all realize, and he gets all the business stuff settled, and we got a ton of money, and then he wants to make us you make the, the best officiated conference in the country. Maybe would be awesome. I won't put it past him at this point.
2: Uh, I have two questions: Why
3: and how? Above my pay
2: grade. Yeah. Um. Was yesterday the end of the? We'll play all three quarterbacks' comments during pressers.
3: Clearly not, because the post game presser. He said it again. He said we got to evaluate the film. And then we'll name a, qu- a starting quarterback by Tuesday in practice, but you'll still see all three next week. He said that. Or you could see
2: all three next week. He said that. Legitimately.
3: Somebody's got to be in his ear and be like, hey, like a chief of staff type role and
2: be like, hey, don't say that anymore in your press conferences. Uh, what would be the fan ratio at the Tech-TCU game? And then I have uh, TV questions too. I really
3: don't know because I'm, I'm a Tech fan who wanted to go to that game but is not willing to pay $300 for the worst seat in the house. And there's no other way to buy a ticket at this point unless you've got a connection. So unless a bunch of tech fans bought that three pack several weeks or months ago, they might have snuffed us out, which is Bush League. Their fan base is going to love it. Say their AD is a genius. I think even neutral observers from other fan bases in the Big 12 think it's a Bush League move.
2: Yeah. Oh, it certainly is.
3: It's pathetic. It is. You're in a four million person metro area. Put 40,000 butts in the seats. It's not like they have to s- f- fill up sixty three. They're like, oh, well, our alumni base is so spread out, and we're on the west. It's like you can't put forty thousand people in Dallas, Fort Worth.
1: We
2: have a small university. Okay. Uh, over under. Fox, big noon kickoff, Texas Tech, TCU, eyeballs. I would
3: say I'd set the total two at
2: two point six five. Two point six five and hit the over. I think I'll go over. Okay. We think that Baylor game got on ESPN two six thirty.
3: I I don't know. I hope that it beats the Texas Tech NC State number from earlier this year, which I think was only like seven hundred thousand. Maybe yeah, surely
2: that cleared a million.
3: Maybe closer to a million.
2: Because I don't think there were Tennessee was still playing. I think. I'm trying to think of other games that were on. There wasn't, uh, well, I guess Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, final thoughts? Phase two. Take it away. So
3: the Gambling Gauchos, we started this podcast prior to last football season. So we've done one full year. We're in the middle of our second football season. With that has come pretty rapid rate of growth, thanks to all of you listening And to all of you who follow us on social media, we do a lot of, we put out a lot of content. You know, we committed to two episodes a week when we started. That grew to three during college football season so we could do Gauchos After Dark. And then we also put out stuff on Patreon once we created that community. So you and I need a little bit of assistance, both to manage all the content we want to put out, and also we want to get really smart people that know other sports maybe a little bit better, or just have a different perspective on it than you and I do, so that our listeners can get some of that expertise as well. A content creator who we have always admired and talked to before on the show and on Twitter kind of recently became a free agent of sorts. And so we reached out and said, hey, man, do you want back in the game? Because we have room for a third gaucho. And our main man, Money Mainville, said, yeah, I'm in. Let's ride.
2: Let's ride.
3: So Ryan Mainville will be joining the Gambling Gauchos, not for an episode, not to preview basketball season. He will be a Gambling Gaucho November 1st through at least basketball season, maybe hopefully longer. And uh, we're looking forward to having him. We're going to try to expand some of our video content on YouTube and TikTok. I think he'll be a great asset with that because he's, he's good at like film breakdowns, scouting report type stuff. Where the video will be you know a good medium for that type of analysis, so incredibly excited to bring him on, so sometimes now it'll be all three of us doing a post game Twitter spaces so sometimes it'll just be Rob and Ryan, sometimes just me and Ryan, and then it might still be some episodes just you and I but uh he's a he's gonna be a huge addition to the podcast. I think it makes us better. It's like the big three you know yeah i'm I'm LeBron obviously uh obviously you're you're Chris Bosch,
2: oh well. You play post, right? Sure. I feel like I would be Dwayne Wade, no,
3: though. I think Mainville is probably LeBron. I'll be D. Oh, you can be <laughs> Dwayne Wade. I'll be Chris
2: Bosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, this also coincides, and we're very excited uh, with Phase Three, which we will <laughs> wait a few podcasts to give you. But uh, this this thing is moving fast, and we're excited to bring more people on. We're excited to give you more kinds of content. Uh, In different ways, in different mediums, uh, while still maintaining the gambling gauchos as, you know, what we want to put out and and the best that we can do. Yeah,
3: so if you're not familiar with Ryan Mainville, which you should be because we've had him on here a couple times. He's back on Twitter after the Russian crypto bots hacked him. Give him a follow there. And stay tuned for more. Like I said, he's going to start this week. Well, I'm sure talk some basketball season preview and then get into more routine weekly type podcasts that cover basketball. And again, he, he makes us better as a podcast, great addition for our team. And uh, we're excited to kind of help him have an audience and a platform because he's got good thoughts and he's a smart guy. We've known that for years And so we're just proud to be associated with him and looking forward to him being part of the team here.
2: Follow him at Ryan Mainville. All right.
3: That's all I got. That's all I got. Love y'all.
0: I'm wacko, I'm wacko. Ain't no doubt about it. Shot a man there in the head But can't talk much about it He's trying to shoot me But it took too long to aim Anybody in my place Would have done the same I don't start fights, I finish fights That's the way I'll always be I'm wacko, wiggle. You best not mess with me Jamel said, I was like a flying buttermilk. Trapped in a Waco bottle, I was bound to get killed. Dar Jamel said, Billy, Houston's where you need to be. If you're going back to Waco, you're leaving without me. It's nice to be important, more oh, important to be nice. If you're shooting dice in Waco, you'll roll snake eyes every time. I was born in Corsicana They said, Billy, can you do it? I said, of course I can Just point it out And I'll get right to it Corsicana, Texas Has been real good to me They knew I had to shoot that man Before that man shot me I should have known the truth Would finally set me free I guess living down And Waco made it wacko